So great to be with you today, High Point Life. Uh, big welcome to all of you, and especially want to shout out to Pastor Stephen and Flora. Uh, so great to be with you via video today in a ever-changing world. My name is Ross Abraham, and I'm the uh, chairman in the Oceania region for INC, International Network of Churches. Uh, I've been the chairman for eight years, along with my wife, Kathy. We've got two children, grown up now, two grandchildren and one grand foster child. And I uh, uh, just wanted to share a little bit with you today. I've got a, a word on my heart for you that hopefully will encourage you. But to also wanted to thank you for your um, involvement and uh, being an expression of INC. Uh, in Australia, we've got about 130 churches that call themselves INC. We've got a charity called Global Care that does a lot of disaster response. So when there's a flood, when there's a cyclone and fires, um, this charity that operates in most of our local churches swings into action and helps churches out and, and uh, uh, releases volunteers to serve in the community. And right around the world now for INC, uh, we've got several hundred churches of which you are a part of. And uh, I'm just so thankful for you. Uh, INC was birthed in the 70s as a church planting uh, movement. And it's still something that burns in our heart that we would see people come to Christ, that we would see communities impacted. Uh, there's always been a strong relational tone to INC where we uh, want to encourage one another, inspire one another. And really, wherever you are around the world, that you're part of a family. And uh, I know when I've uh, had the opportunity to travel, there are certain um, DNAs that, that just draw us together as, as family in INC. And one of those is our deep love for one another and um, our passion for lost people, our passion to plant churches and to really see a city, a nation be influenced and impacted with the gospel of Jesus. So um, it's so great to be with you today and can't wait till one day we can do this in person. Uh, we're living in strange times and I know for you guys in Malaysia as we are in Australia, it's an ever-changing world and just when you feel like normality is coming, whatever that is now, uh, things happen again. And uh, you know, in this environment of uncertainty, it's, it's really easy for, especially us as followers of Jesus, to kind of lose our way. There are so many voices out there at the moment. Uh, I'm not a big social media person. In fact, I've got my four or five followers and I follow four or five people, which are just my family, really, uh, because, you know, I, I, I got so overwhelmed by the voices. There's the prophetic voices telling us what the world's going to be like and telling us who's going to win the U.S. election and what's going to happen over here. All proven to be wrong. Uh, there's church leading voices on, on social media trying to, to let us all know what the church will look like, that the day of the mega church is over and churches now will only meet in homes and no gathering together. And they're proving to be wrong. And, and here's, here's what I know as a fact that I don't know. That's what I know as a fact that I don't know. I don't think any of us really know what 2021 and beyond is going to look like. Um, for us in Australia, we were, we've been back meeting in person now in Brisbane, in, in Queensland for about uh, four months. And then last Sunday, we had to close down because of a COVID outbreak. And, and this uncertainty 
that is kind of like something that, that, that we're managing, that we're trying to lead through. And so can I ask you today and really challenge the, 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 um, the members of, of High Point Life that you would have a lot of grace for your pastors right now. Uh, a lot of times we look to our leaders as if they are, uh, have somewhat of a, a, you know, a firm footing on knowing exactly what they need to do next. But the truth is none of us know. We're all charting this a little bit like Joshua coming to the promised land when God said, hey, you have not been this way before. And so none of us have ever had to navigate a pandemic like this. And so a bit of grace for your leaders. Uh, if I can encourage you to, to pray for them, to support them, to support and encourage one another, because, you know, we will get through this. We will be better people, stronger people for it. And so uh, today, if I can just give you one encouragement and one thought uh, about what I do know is important and what I do know we all need to hang on to and grab a hold of uh, in these uncertain days. If I can read to you from the book of Hebrews, chapter 11, verse 6 says this, and I love this. And without faith, it is impossible to please him. For whoever would draw near to God must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who seek him. Um, in a world of uncertainty, let me give you something that is certain. That without faith, we can never please God. And there may be a thousand things that we need to be doing right now, could be doing, should be doing. But this is one thing that I know we can't do without, and that's faith. Whatever 2021 and beyond has for you as an individual, as a family member, as your church family, um, none of us can be certain. But we do know this, it's going to require faith. And one of the things that I have seen through COVID and through this dismantling of the ability to gather together that it's also had a bit of an attack against people's faith. And I find people now reasoning a lot more, reasoning why financially they're struggling, reasoning why their marriage is not prospering, reasoning now why their kids aren't prospering. And, and sometimes there is reason behind it. But if our first port of call is reason and not faith, then we've got this back the front and we've got to flip it back over again because as a follower of Jesus, we are faith people. And Hebrews gives us two prerequisites to be a person who pleases God, a person that God can access and use. The first is this, that you need to believe in God. Hebrews 11:6 that we believe in him. Without faith, it's impossible to please him. And so we, we've got to make sure that, you know, God, I, I still, even through these dark days, I still believe that you're good. I still believe that you're here to bless us. I still believe that you want to move upon our, upon our nation. But the second thing we need is this, is that we need to believe God, but believe that he rewards those who earnestly seek him that we would not lose sight of the fact that faith changes reality, that faith moves the hand of God, that God has never been moved by a people who are just intellectual or a people who have just reasoned and wrestled with their theology. All of that is good. God is moved 
by a person of faith. And scripture says that without faith, we can't please God. I mean, we want to be people that please him. But we also need to be people that as we draw near to God, that we believe that he exists and believe that he wants to reward those who diligently seek him. That God is a good God. In the book of James, chapter 1, verse 5 and 6, it says this, If any of you lacks wisdom, and this is a day that we need wisdom more than ever, let him ask God, who gives generously to all without reproach, and it will be given to him. But let him ask in faith, with no doubting, for the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea that is driven and tossed by the wind. And here's my, my take on, for a lot of people in Australia, a lot of followers of Jesus in Australia right now, uh, if you picture on this, this ocean of, of the sea of humanity, that a lot of Christians right now are like a, a piece of driftwood. And they're just being tossed about on this ocean of opinion, this ocean of government regulations, this ocean of emotion and just being tossed about. But James reminds us that if anyone needs wisdom, in fact, if anyone needs anything from God, let him ask God, but let him not be a person who doubts when he asks. But, but you know, because a lot of times we, we, we pray and then we walk away and with our language and with our words, we undo the very prayers we just prayed. You know, we pray, God, hey, God, would you move on my family? But then we walk away and we belittle our son or our daughter or pick apart our wife or our husband and destroy them through our language. And we're actually undoing the very prayer. Scripture says, if you lack wisdom, if you lack anything in your life, let him first ask God who gives generously to all without reproach, that God is a good God, a generous God. And when Hebrews 6 says without faith, it's impossible, absolutely impossible to please God, that whoever would draw near to God must believe that he exists and that he is a rewarder, a rewarder of those who seek him. And so understanding that as we come and as with faith in our heart and say, God, you haven't finished with us yet. You haven't finished with High Point Life. You haven't finished with Malaysia. There is a plan for this great nation to be impacted with the gospel and the love of Jesus Christ. There is a plan for people to come to Christ. There is a plan for marriages to be reconciled, for children, to prodigals to come back home. There is a plan. But folks, it's going to take faith. It's going to take a people who, who eradicate the doubt in our heart that when we come, we believe that God exists and we believe that he is a rewarder of those who seek him. And so I want to encourage you today, don't give up on the miracles. Don't give up believing that God wants to, to, to still perform and still deliver and still see people get see from, set free from addictions, the addictions to, to ice and, and, and meth and cocaine and, and, and the drugs that are tearing apart families, that, that God still wants to see people set free from COVID. God wants to see cancers healed. God wants to see leukemia healed. God wants to see people set free from mental illness and, and emotional illnesses. God wants to see people set free from the, from the family dysfunction of, of, of broken marriages. And God wants to see people get set free from the bitterness and the resentment that's in hearts. God wants to bring about financial turnarounds in people's uh, uh, economic lives. God wants us to be a people of generosity. God 
has. Scripture tells us that the harvest is truly ready. It is plentiful. And so God wants the laborers. That's you and I. God wants the men and women who call Jesus their Lord and their Savior, who have surrendered their lives to put their hand up and go, God, use me as a laborer. This is not a time for us to shrink back and be swept on the sea of humanity by all the news feeds and by the opinions of what everyone says church is and isn't. We are followers of Christ and it's going to take a people with faith in their heart. You know, in the book of Matthew chapter 4, verse 18, when the disciples were first called, and I really think that this is kind of like a a word for us today. Uh, If I can read it to you, Matthew 4, verse 18. While walking on the Sea of Galilee, Jesus saw two brothers. Simon, who is called Peter, and Andrew, his brother, casting a net into the sea, for they were fishermen. Verse 19, and he said to them, follow me and I'll make you fishers of men. And then verse 20, I think is, is, is such an uh, understated verse, but it's really where we're at right now. Verse 20, immediately they left their nets and followed him. Immediately, they left their nets and followed him. You know, we, we don't have enough moments in our life. We don't have enough disruptive, interfering, life-altering moments that cause us to drop our nets to follow Jesus. You know, what, what I've discovered in my life, probably in yours, is that we want to follow Jesus, but... A lot of us are still dragging our nets. We're still dragging our safety mechanisms. We're still dragging our our past achievements. We're still dragging our opinions. We're still dragging our our bitterness and our hurt with us. We want to follow Jesus. We love him. We we understand he loves us. But what I really uh, uh, embrace in this story here, that when Jesus came to the disciples, Note this, it wasn't like this dialogue that they had to have where Jesus had to convince them why they should follow him. He didn't say, hey, listen, if you follow me, then I'll I'll, I'll match your contributions to your super fund and I'll make sure that when you retire that, that you've got this nest egg and... You know, by following me, you know, you'll get a company car if you follow me. Uh, you know, you, you'll, you'll get a, a, a stipend for following me. You know, the, you, you get these perks for following me. You'll get the front seat at church. You'll have the front seat at a conference. There was none of this that was mentioned to the disciples. They had an encounter with Jesus. What did they do? They dropped their nets to follow him. And I am not sure that you can successfully follow Jesus without dropping anything. And there are people today, as you listen to me, and you're a moment in your life that you need to consider some things that you need to drop. That there are some things that are just weighing you down. And it's easy to point the finger and say, well, the church is not doing this and that's not happening. It's my husband's fault. It's my wife's fault. It's my kid's fault. Hey, this is our moment to look in the mirror and go, God, what is it in my life that I'm trying to follow you? But I've got my hands full of stuff that you're calling me to drop so that I can follow you. And you know what a lot of it is for for, for many of us and probably for most of us is that is that the uncertainty and we crave control. We are people who want control and the thought of letting go and trusting God 
scares the life out of us. But for the disciples, there was no sense of, yeah, but what if following him doesn't turn out? You know, what if I just keep this and just keep my, my you know, feet in either camp and just in case, and I want to hedge all my bets here to make sure that I'm looked after. They just dropped their nets and they chased after Jesus. And my challenge to all of us today and for us as family for INC around Australia, in Malaysia, right around the world, is that I believe it's an opportunity and a time for us to come again in a fresh way, with a fresh heart. It's a brand new year, great opportunity to reset our life and say, Jesus, there are some things that I've got to drop in my life. There are some things that are hindering my walk with you and my faith in you. And it's okay if you've had some doubts. It's okay if you've questioned. I've questioned. I've had doubts. I've got unanswered prayers. I've got unmet expectations. But this is what I know. And I've found myself slipping into a, a season of reason of trying to work out everything and trying to secure what the future looks like. But this is what I know, that without faith, it's impossible to please God. Without that net dropping moment where I trust God's got my life, and that God is in control and that I can release control to him. Without that faith, I can't please him. And like you, I, I want to thrill the heart of God. I want to be a person that has accessed and allowed God to access every aspect of my being to be all that he ever called me to be. And Wherever you're at today, I want to pray for you. There'd be people today that you're listening and you've never surrendered your life to Jesus. You've never had a moment where you've dropped something to surrender control to Jesus Christ. And maybe it is control in your life. And maybe you were just a control freak and you're trying to. And what stopped you from following Christ is that there are all these unanswered questions. But unanswered questions should never stop us because you're, you're, we're going to die one day with unanswered questions. We will never have all the answers. This is a faith walk that we've been called into, which is why being a follower of Jesus is one of the most, or actually not one of the, the most exciting life you could ever, ever choose. Because like the disciples, who in that encounter surrendered their life to follow Christ. They had some ups and downs, but these men and women went on to change the world and are still, over 2,000 years later, still changing the world. Wow, what a moment. And so I want to pray for you today, and I want to pray for anyone today that you're saying, hey, Ross, I really have never surrendered my life to Jesus, but today I want to. So can we pray together? Father, I thank you. I thank you for our church family in Malaysia. I thank you for Pastor Stephen and Flora. I thank you for all the leaders and the people that make that church such a great church. Father, I pray today that we would be a people that would not allow reason to overtake, would not allow uncertainty to overtake us. But Father, we would remind ourselves today that we are called to a walk of faith and that without faith, we don't please you. So, Lord, we acknowledge today that faith is vital in my life. We acknowledge that you exist and that you are a rewarder of those who diligently seek you and that you are a good God and you want to bless us. So, Father, we surrender our lives to anyone today that's never given their life to Jesus. Lord, I pray right now that this would be a net dropping moment where we surrender our life to you, become Lord and Savior 
of our life today. And I thank you for it in the wonderful name of Jesus. Amen. I want to say thank you for allowing me to share with you today. And like I said before, um, we love your pastors and I can't wait to see them in person um, uh, soon and uh, to, to meet you all. And um, uh, just to let you know that we pray for you, that we love you. We're so grateful and thankful that you're part of the INC family and you are what makes this movement such a great movement. So God bless you. Have a phenomenal 2021 and uh, let's be a people of faith. God bless you.